This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're going to have a conversation now about flying, and this is... This is kind of interesting. I don't know how we got here, but we'll find out. Um, bottom line, do you have a flight booked with Flair for next month? If you do, uh, buckle up. There are worries that things could get really, really bumpy for you. There's talk. Listen to this. There is talk that the carrier could be grounded in Canada because the Edmonton-based airline has put too much control in the hands of its U.S.-based partner. So much control that it doesn't meet Canadian ownership requirements in the eyes of the regulators. Bottom line, they could pull the license to operate in Canada and things could get messy really fast. The deadline, May 3rd. So let's find out what's going on here. It's a very interesting story. We're going to chat with John Graddock, who is a professor with McGill University's Aviation Management Program. John, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate your time. No problem. It's been a pleasure. So, Try and help me make sense of this. What's going on? I mean, this all came up last month, I guess, in March. But how did we get there? What What is this situation? How would you describe it? Well, I, th- I think it's a little bit of a murky situation in terms of what the Canadian Transportation Agency has found in its investigation about the role of, uh, of Flair and who makes the decisions associated with, with Flair. And I think that's where... There's been some concern. There's been an investigation and a conclusion preliminarily. Uh, the CTA is saying that it seems that while there's no ownership violation, uh, which are provisions that are in place for the airline operating certificate, there seems to be a control issue in terms of who is responsible for the major decisions associated with the, you know, the ongoing operation of Flair. Yeah, because like you say, when it comes to the ownership rules, I mean, they're, they're partnered up with a company called 777 that's based in Miami. But the way that it works, um, non-Canadian ownership does not exceed 49%, which is fine. That's good. Um, 777's investment doesn't exceed the 25% cap on any single non-Canadian investor. So when they're talking about ownership, it looks like Flair is meeting the requirements there. Where is the problem then? Board of Directors, you know, and that's where there seems to be an issue, and that's what the that's what the CTA is focusing in on. Uh, there's five members of the board at Flair. Uh, of those five members, three of those members of the, bo- the board are Triple uh, Seven Partner employees. Uh, so, 60% of the board uh, is foreign-owned, or it's for as foreign resident, I shouldn't say. And uh, decisions made about the direction of the airline and major financial commitments. Uh, and major operating practices and routes and stuff like that seem to be, as far as the CTA is concerned, uh, majority controlled by non-Canadians. And I and I believe that's where the CTA is coming from. The CTA hasn't been very open in terms no. of its information that's sharing. Uh, but, you know, that we're reading between the lines and what's been released in the media that, you know, there seems to be a concern by the CTA that the majority of the you know the power of the majority of players board is american and like you say it's all very murky because cta says you know that 
this May, May 3rd is the deadline. We gave them 60 days to respond to our concerns. That runs out May 3rd. We haven't received a response from Flair, and we could suspend their license. But Flair says, hey, we're working with the CTA. This is going to be resolved. We're having... So, I mean, like you say, it, it's tough to know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, and I think, and to, to the CTA's defense on this one, Flair had put together a request to the Minister of Transport for what I would call a, a state of execution mm-hmm. uh, on the CTA order, and they had asked for an 18-month let uh, from the director from the regulation. So it seems that Flair knows that they're in violation of the regulations, which to me is a, is a no-no. Uh, if you're asking for an 18-month let, you know it must mean that you realize that there's a problem and you just want to have another 18 months to kind of figure out what the answer is going to be. And the submission that they made to the Minister of Transport, which is public, uh, basically had no indication as to what remedies Flair was putting in place or proposing to put in place to solve this problem. So it really is uh, kind of murky, and so we have to wait and see what the response officially will be from Flair to the CTA and then worry about the CTA making its final decision about uh, the suspension of licenses, potentially, for Flair. I wanted to ask you about that appeal to government. They went right to the minister, and it doesn't talk about, um, okay, we can get back on... I mean, it doesn't really even talk about the complaints from the CTA. They seem to say, hey, you got to give us some time. If you don't, um, uh, the airline industry, which has been hit really hard, is going to be hit again. A lot of people will lose their jobs, and hey, a lot of people are going to have their summer travel disrupted because they've bought tickets with Flair, um, so... This is just a really bad move on your part. Like you say, it doesn't necessarily say, okay, we've screwed up a couple of things. We promised to fix them. It's kind of like, if you do this, it's going to blow up on you. Is that the impression that you get? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, in, in, my, in my terminology, Flair is bullying the government. Okay. Um, they, re- they really are. They're saying, you know, you're going to basically consider suspending our license. Uh, and by the way, we've, been, we've invested a lot of money and a lot of effort to, in, to endear ourselves to secondary markets into into all of Canada, whether it's uh, Abbotsford, whether it's Kitchener, whether it's Lethbridge, it doesn't really matter. So we know, and Canadians love us, and we're going to use the, the court of public opinion and the fact that we've endeared ourselves to these smaller communities in order to say, you know, change the regulations or let us get away with the regulations that we're breaching. These regulations, have they always been in existence? Is this something new, or has this always been a condition of flying in Canada? If you want to say you're Canadian-owned, these are the requirements you must meet. Has the goalpost moved, or has this been a long-standing requirement for all airlines operating under Canadian flags? I've been in the business for 45 years, and it's always been there. Okay. So it's, it's, it's nothing new. There was a cap a few years ago that was at 25% total foreign ownership, uh, and based on Moves and I think Flair was involved in that effort back in in the late 2010s, or a number of other carriers to raise the foreign limit to 49 percent, and that took about a year, year and a half. But the government finally did move it. So Flair does know what the rules are, and they know the game that has to be played. They're just trying to be a little fast and loose in terms of trying to get this one through. Where does this go? What do you think the outcome is, John? I mean, if you've got a ticket for May 4th on Flair, are you getting to your destination? It won't happen on the 4th. You know, okay. I think that Flair, ha- Flair has a couple of alternatives. If the CTA does, in fact, issue a, uh, you know, a violation, uh, they, they, one of the options is to suspend the license. But there's also, an, uh, there's also an appeal that Flair can make to the Transportation Appeal Tribunal of Canada. Uh, and that, 
that tribunal will, in fact, review the CTA uh, decision, and Flair can make submissions to that tribunal, and then that tribunal's decision uh, will remain final. So it is, you know, there, it's it's not just going to be May 4th. It could take a couple of weeks beyond that. But, you know, if you're looking at a, a flight in June, July, August, you know, and depending on the level of risk that you're willing to take as a traveler, uh, nothing may happen. Something may happen. So <laughs> it, if you're very risk averse, don't travel on FLIR. If you are willing to take some risk, get some travel insurance, get some, you know, get a, get a, pay with your credit card. Um, but, you know, there could be some turbulence in the air. Wow. Uh, fascinating times. John, thank you so much for the insight. Appreciate it very much. Great. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. So there you go. That's the situation with Flair Airlines.